Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. And Nathan, it's been a few weeks. You've been away, you've been travelling around Europe, and you've got to see a hell of a lot of football stadiums. Yeah, Mr. Worldwide, uh, back doing what we love to do, Roy. Um, yeah, I've been blessed enough now. Got away with Mora, myself and myself on the trip. Got through a lot of Italy. Um, we only planned to go to one Serie A game, Florentina versus Roma, but... Jeez, I got me whole host of stadiums in. I got another Serie A game, uh, Venezia against Bologna. Tell you what, Lewis Nanny rocking out for Venezia. That was a nice little surprise. Marco <laughs> Neltovic was up top for Bologna. All the stars came out when they heard the Irish lads were in town. Um, wow, yeah, absolutely deadly trip. And as well, got to see the San Siro before I got knocked down. So there you go. That was a cool. Were you, were you in the San Siro? I done the proper little tour, you know, everything, the proper touristy uh, attraction about it. I haven't really been, so how impressive really is fascinating. it? Really, you know what I found absolutely fascinating, right? Obviously, we know AC and Inter both share the stadium. So, talk about this for Nassau Bali. So, any time AC Milan are playing, they cover the whole stadium, everywhere, back, the back room areas, every bit of marketing, anything you can think of has to be head to toe AC. No sign of Inter Milan playing at all. But then when Inter are playing in the San Siro, they have to take all the AC Milan merchandise and crests, everything. It, there cannot be one AC Milan crest when Inter Milan are playing. And they do no that way. every week. So, like, your man was telling us these amazing facts and figures about the history of the stadium and the players that played there. I was just looking at the wall, like, so every time, mate, you was the some poor soul that has to like, cut about Full-time job. Full-time job, that's who your man was saying. He's We're like, probably oh, blessed that Bowes and Shel- Shelbourne didn't get that stadium. <laughs> yeah, there's some poor groundsman now absolutely sweating <laughs> with the thought of that, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. So that was it. I missed half the tour just looking around like, that's mental, man. Like, what poor soul. What, some poor lad in a CE scheme walking around the San Siro taking down the place. <laughs> uh, nah, what a trip, though. Absolutely brilliant. But happy to be back talking about League of Ireland. Good, and uh, since you've been gone, we've had, as you can see in the back background there, Mount Hawk, Kerry Football Club have decided to try and enter the league. This is a brilliant thing, isn't it? Uh, deadly, I appreciate that the lads waited till, uh, it was two weeks into a month holiday, so we couldn't talk about <laughs> it whatsoever. Um, we've talked about this so long, haven't we, about the diversity of different clubs around, you know, the likes of Mayo and now Kerry and things like that. Thought would have been the Tralee Dynamos, or even uh, I know they pulled, they showed they weren't too interested in coming to the league. They wanted to focus on junior football. Even Killarney have an amazing setup down in Kerry. They could have slotted into League of Ireland football, but now, yeah, once the appetite is there, um, in terms of fan base and you know we get consistent figures through the turnstiles, and of course financial assessments, they had to be um all all looking good too. But brilliant news, really, really brilliant. Be great to see them in, in the League of Ireland in twenty twenty three. Yeah, that's it's really exciting. And again, for Kerry, it'll be brilliant because it'll bring people down there. It's more tourism. People are likely to go down, watch a game. They might even stay over the night, the hotels, the restaurants, the local shops. Everyone's going to get a little piece of the action there. So it, it'll be great for it. And hopefully everyone in Kerry gets behind it and really pushes it on because uh, it's a place that needs it, you know, and, and Ireland needs it. Ireland needs all these counties to have football there's football in all the counties but they need them to have something to focus on and aim for and it's brilliant 
uh, Kerry uh, could very well be and I'd be very surprised if they're not in it come next March okay uh, might as well just before we change the subject we might as well have a little look at it. the likes of Finn Harps St Pat's and Shamrock Rovers all looking for uh, well redevelopment and new stadiums yeah the there's a lot going on isn't there we, we, we talked about the uh, the Daily Mounts Tolga Park fiasco we won't, we won't get into that too much uh, we've seen improvements with St Pat's as well that the Looks like Dublin, uh, Dublin City Council and South Council, Stone Dublin Council, as more importantly, are very open to the idea of uh, improving the, the capacity of Richmond Park. Absolutely brilliant to see. Finn Harps have also been approved after talks with the, the, the Department of Sports and the FEI and Donegal County Council to uh, to start work on an alternative build for a, a new stadium up in Valley Buffet, which is desperately needed. You know, we talked about this, the state of all the facilities, most facilities anyway, within the League of Ireland, and the major work needed uh, to be done. Of course, if you were watching the the under twenty one Ireland game, you would have seen construction would have started on the new North Stand uh, in Tallis Stadium. You know, we're seeing that that's going to add an extra two thousand into the capacity, turn in Tallis into a ten thousand seat stadium, all seats all covered. That I did see it. some people, Nathan, giving out Shamrock Rovers fans yeah. on how long it's going to take. It's going to take the year or whatever it is, and yeah. that that's too long. But it's not as if they're filling out that stadium week in, week out. So no. I, I'm not even that sure. It's for the it's for the future. It's it's not it's not even for now because they're not getting they're, they're not turning people away at the moment. So this is for those internationals that are there and when Shamrock Rovers and they will grow bigger and it, there will be a time. So I think people can. Kind of just to relax a little bit about how long it's going to take. It's just great that it's happening. Yeah, like you said, it is. It's July 2023, I think, is the, is the estimated um, completion of the new stand. It's 11.5 million it's going to cost. But yeah, the, the fact that it's going to go up to a 10,000-seater stadium, that'll make it eligible for Champions League group stage games and, you know, Europa League, Europa Conference League group stage games. And I think that's where Rovers are at, Andy. You know, like we, we talked about the draw now in a couple of minutes, but that's the next big step for Rovers. And even the Gnodic Derry City that are going to have a major financial push behind them in the next uh, God knows how long, but definitely in, in the short term anyway. So it's to get themselves consistently into the group stage of this major way for European competitions. And for Shamrock Rovers to be able to do that in the group stages and not have to go to the likes of Viva uh, would be absolutely brilliant for them in the long term. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know the way I feel about the, the public service and, and how they, they do their work. I don't think they're efficient. I do think that they they take a, take a long time to get through stuff that doesn't need to be a long time. And it's no wonder everything like hospitals and stuff like that run over budget. In this case, South Dublin County Council are getting it done. There's no messing about. They're getting it done. Unlike Dublin City Council, who have made a mess of the whole Daily Mount situation. And it shows me that if if people are doing their jobs properly, we can get these things done. There's money there. There's there's 100% there's, there's money there. And, and the politicians will tell you left, right and centre, there's no money there. I've seen an article today where it's in, in the journal.ie that the Oireachtas are looking to 
uh, make their own wine and sell it in the bar in there. So this is where our public money is going. Absolute nonsense. There's money there when they need it, uh, uh, if they want to use it. So they need to start looking at this. This is about jobs. This is about uh, making sure that the infrastructure is good and it, it's it's huge uh, across the board. Uh, and for the fans, getting out there, making League of Ireland something to be proud of, uh, it goes a long way. So uh, hopefully they get their fingers out there. Uh, just one thing I want to talk about before we kind of skip on to the, to, the, to the new news and what we're talking about this week. Just over the course of the last while, two managers, Rory Higgins and Stephen Bradley, both turned down English club advances. Uh, this has to say a lot about where they feel that the League of Ireland is now. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? You know, that they're really committed to the projects that's going on at the club. Like just saying a minute ago, Shamrock Rose and Derry, both clubs were... A really bright future ahead of them domestically and hopefully in terms of Europe. Um, even though you, you look um, at Notts County and you can always say they're down in the uh, the, the National League, which it's probably lower standard to what the League of Ireland is at, at the minute, I think, anyway. It's still a massive name club, isn't it? A club that's been associated with, with the English football league for unbelievable amount of time. I think it's over 100 years they've been in the football league, right? I think that might, might be wrong. Saying yeah, that, no, they're the oldest still, club. In, in, in the oldest club, there you go. Yeah. So it's still, it's really an old famous club. But to see that both Rory and uh, Stephen Bradley have committed to the cause is excellent. On a smaller scale as well, we've seen it with Ian Ryan, didn't we? Close yes. to the home, but there was a lot of talk about him going to Waterford. I thought he was made to slip into that position, but uh, even as soon as Ian Morris left, I think he looked like a very viable candidate for him committing to the cause of staying at Wexford. And if I'm a Wexford fan, he'd be absolutely delighted with that because themselves at Lone, these are clubs that have really got into a revolving door system with their managers and the project that, they, that Ian is doing down at Wexford. It's, it's going to take a long time, slow progress, but we're seeing that this season. Which uh, improved results, improved uh, uh, standing within the league table itself. So, yeah, it, it's great to see that the three managers, especially uh, Rory and Stephen, committing to League of Ireland and committing to their clubs. Brilliant going forward. And today we found out that Danny Sorrell is going to be the new Waterford United manager. Uh, how do we feel about that? Th- they've gone on a decent run, so yeah. something settled down there. Uh, <laughs> it's it's mad to think, is Danny going to come in here and unsettle everything? Because they've had such uh, a lot of bad publicity around their last few managers. You're just hoping that Danny now can settle in. Um, I know I'm joking, obviously, about I'm unsettling them because they've they've got a little bit of a settled side there. Uh, You hope that he goes along with that, assesses that, obviously can get the most out of that because they they obviously can win games in this league and can get themselves promoted. Well, I don't think it is. I don't think you actually had caveat that statement, Roy, what you said about that you could unsettle things. I thought it was a strange time to do it. I personally would have stuck with both uh, Gary Hunt and David Breen. Uh, what's the third the table now? Seven, now, the seven points are Cork City, but it's still a lot of football to be played, right? It's going to be non-stop now to November, isn't it? As we were, we were saying off here. Yeah. Six wins on the bounce, like the Lewis Britton and King Cavanagh in particular, really chipping in with goals now and starting to see improved performance. Uh, I did. I thought it was, a, it was a weird time to bring them in. I think you would have gave the two lads the off-season to work with the players and really emphasise what, what they want out of them. Um, but to see, yeah, see Danny coming is strange. Look, he, he's experienced, you know, he's with Southend, that underage football. Uh, he was with uh, Chelsea in the development management side of things. Chartered Athletic, underage football. The West Ham, he's the youth development lead. And then we've seen him with Aldershot uh, in the National League as the manager there. So definitely an, an experienced name to have around. But 
I think I would if, if I was at Waterford. They've made some mental decisions, definitely worse decisions to hire up and made at Waterford. But yeah, I would have sticked with Bow Hunt and Brain uh, just off the back of what they were doing uh, in the short term, the results that they've been getting, the improvement we've been seeing. Yeah, I, I thought it was a strange, strange time to bring somebody in uh, midway through the season after the success, the recent success in the league. Absolutely. Um, just, just one thing that came out this week, Dublin Bus and Bohemians. It's been a, a, a very interesting week. Bows love to, to try and stretch it out there with their, their jerseys, like to make a, 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 I suppose, people talk about yeah. the club. And they certainly Oops. got them talking about this one, haven't they? It's worked, isn't it? I'm in the minority. I think it's an absolute belter. I actually I think, think it's okay. I think it's nice. I yeah. like it. Yeah, I do. It's been getting a lot of un, like I think unnecessary hate. It's obviously within in your tastes. We seen Arsenal do this as well, didn't we? Over uh, in London, they had the, uh, the 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 jersey with the London underground seating on it. I like it. It's something different. It's certainly got people talking. I follow a lot of. Uh, Retro uh, football jersey pages and Instagram and things like that, and I've never seen a League of Ireland jersey do the rounds quite like this one. And yeah. the other one that's done the rounds is the Bob Marley jersey, both both yeah. jerseys. And it's both. like that. It's only it's, it's only going to be a one off. Uh, it's going to be in an FAI Cup game, so they, they don't have to look at it throughout the whole season. But yeah, now boys are both fan. I think I'll be making a portrait. So <laughs> actually, I, lo- I I wanted to hate it and I've seen it, and but now I like it. I really really do. Um, now, what do you think of it? I think it's great. I think I, I like the jersey. Look, I looked at Manchester United's new jersey that they had released, and it's. I think it's a stinker. I don't like it. And when I seen this, and you compare it, I'm just saying. Actually, I think I like this. It's just, there's something different about it. It's, it's, it's the purple. I like. Like you look at the, the head in the game top that you're wearing. And if you're on the podcast, you obviously you won't you won't see this. But if you're watching on YouTube, you will. But. Nathan's well, wearing if it. You see, if you want to see it, go on to umbo.ie, you can post the jersey yourself. There you go, it. there Every you go. Always working, always working. And <laughs> But I like... I like the purple jerseys like Fiorentina I used to love that jersey as well you know so but uh, there's something about Harchester United remember <laughs> Harchester United oh, do you remember that yeah the dream team yeah, lads <laughs> so you can't go wrong with purple uh, but anyhow here's uh, here's a video again if you want to watch this video and you're listening to the podcast go on and uh, don't forget to subscribe to our League of Ireland channel the big kickoff League of Ireland Ireland, and uh, here's a, a video of them unveiling the jersey so see the killers make a rapsis I just I just thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Huh? Ah, I, I take a little sneak every now and again, yeah, you know. You, you dabble, you dabble, you dabble, <laughs> dabble in it, yeah. <laughs> when I get bored, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think I actually think it's a good jersey and I, I like it a lot. So uh Fair play to Bows. They're always they're always keeping themselves in the headlines, and and that can only be a good thing. Now, um, before we go on to any more League of Ireland, uh, a tribute to League of Ireland legend Noel Campbell. He sadly passed away uh, at start of the week. He did. Yeah, it was sad news to see coming in. Not only he, he very uh, noteworthy with St. Patrick's Athletic, but as you said, was the league as a whole. Uh, fortunately, Noel did pass away at the age of seventy-two. Uh, Eleven caps for Ireland as well. Uh, one of them was actually while playing League of Ireland football with St. Pat's. He's still the last St. Pat's player to be to represent uh, the Republic of Ireland while playing for Pat's. Um, nice little history tidbit there for you. Uh, his career, that five years St. Pat's Athletic, then he went on to Fortuna Clown, 
from 1971 to 1979, actually became the first ever Irishman to play Bundesliga football. So definitely right. one, for the hi- one for the history books. Uh, then went to Shamrock Rovers. In 1980, the finish of his career was quickly made uh, assistant manager to John Giles. And then when John left the management position to go over to uh, America, Noel slipped into the managerial position at uh, Shamrock Rovers. So yeah, just a little tip of the cap to Noel. Sad to hear he's passing uh, over the weekend. And yeah, send out all of our love and well wishes to anyone that knew him. Friends, family, uh, supporters that seen Noel playing down the years. Um, yeah, just, just send out our best to, to, to anybody that was uh, that was close that, that knew Noel himself. And a story that's been doing the rounds was uh, it was one when Noel was he was on the bench for Ireland and his dad was watching the game at home on the telly. And I think I don't know if it was his his sister or uh, daughter, but I think one or the other was with his dad. And the dad said, "Listen, go on and make a cup of tea. Let me know when, if Noel comes on. Give me a shout." And of course, the, the game's going on, and there's one fella causing awful problems for for Ireland. So they decided to tell Noel. Said, "Noel, listen, I, I need you to go on and sort this fella out. You know, go get onto the pitch and sort this fella. He's causing us all sorts of problems." So of course, Noel is about to come on they're bringing him on they bring him on to the pitch Uh, again the father's in watching at home uh, but he's he's in there making the cup of tea so uh, the ball comes onto the pitch Noel's after coming on he jogs over beside your man the ball goes close to your man and Noel loafs someone and red card and comes off and he thought that sorting him out was meant that he'd go out and, and, and do him one and by the time the dad come back in he'd been sent off so within a matter of a minute minutes uh, that was uh, Ireland down to 10 men but uh, he definitely followed through on, on the job <laughs> and uh, if anyone was wondering uh, Noel from Dublin you know just in case you're wondering <laughs> that was a brilliant one that's a great story so uh, yeah that's great uh, you thought Jonathan Wolke had a bad debut for Real Madrid? Yeah, oh, stop, <laughs> I stop, think that's stop. Hopsy, it? <laughs> it's definitely a different time, a definitely a different era. Um, okay, so listen, we, we've we got the League of Ireland back again this week. Well, the first division was there. I'm talking about the Premier because this is something that I wanted to talk about before we kind of discuss the weekend's games but or, or, or what's proceeded in the year so far. But we've had a week... Where a couple of weeks where they shut down the league and kind of had a mid mid season break, but then they had to have another week because of international duty for a lot of the young players, which is brilliant for the league because it shows the quality that is coming through the league. And if you start looking at the senior team and all what's coming through, there is good quality coming through. Should now should these teams the league be? shutting down the league for international week it would have made more sense wouldn't it right to, to push it out the extra week so you, you can accommodate all these lads it mostly is underage groups but you know even looking at Stoig like said Nando Poynacker went over to play for New Zealand they've been a massive really crucial unfortunately yeah. beaten in a World Cup playoff game I think so yeah I think that we can talk about the appetite for League of Ireland has improved. You can see that by the, the attendance, uh, crowd figures and things like that. But the representation of League of Ireland through underage international football and it's starting to creep into senior football um, as the league diversifies. It's, it's not only, you know, contained to a lot of Irish, UK players and maybe the odd one or two uh, foreign internationals. It, it's a really diverse league now with a lot of different cultures, a lot of different uh, players representing different countries. So it is going to have to come to stage. That's going to have to be be backed up, and it's, it's, it's going to have to start taking these international breaks because 
I would agree with you. This offseason didn't make much sense at all. You think they would push it out and accommodate everybody else. So now you're going to have players coming back from international duty mate, with very limited rest period. And they're going to have to go back into it. And a lot of these players are key players for the teams back in League of Ireland. So they're going to go And it would have been very in. easy, Nathan, for them to make sure that this uh, mid-season break coincided with the international games. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I think that's the way they should have done it. Push, push the league itself out an extra week and coincide the two of them together. It just made no sense at all. Again, mm. just hearing Sligo, hearing that not, uh, Nando was playing, uh, I think the game was over in Qatar and Doha. It was yesterday, he flew back in from Doha to Dublin to make a trip from Dublin to Sligo. And now he's a key player for them this season. So you yeah. imagine that he'd be, he'd be on the team sheet uh, for, for Friday's game, or Saturday's game, sorry, against uh, Finn Harps and... Where if they just, like I said, coincide them all together, it gives the players an extra bit of time to come back and readjust and prevent, you never know, prevent some sort of injuries or jet lag fatigue is a real thing as well. It just made no sense to me uh, with the grown contingency of lads going off and representing the country at, at different age groups. Absolutely. Now, let's have a look at the league because we, we'll go with the uh, Premier Division first of all. And when you look at the league table, all of a sudden Dundalk have made their way up into second place. Uh, a game in hand. Uh, if they win that game in hand, they're only five points off Shamrock Rovers. Again, Shamrock Rovers are obviously the team to beat. There's no one denying that. Uh, Derry have had their little moments of slipping maybe that window of uh, a period there to you know reshape the team uh, revitalise them again for Rory Higgins but what do we do with Dundalk what do we think of Dundalk because things have slowly changed they're never they're looking like viable title contenders seven uh, wins and a bounce Stephen has to play an absolutely excellent football it's one thing you can always credit Stephen O'Donnell with it's his recruitment and he always seems to bring in the right figures the, the, the right lads I don't think anybody would have had them up this high on the table considering everything that's went on at the club in recent years I thought it'd be a bit of a, a bit of a building project for Stephen to really get his teeth into but no they've, they've, been, they've been playing absolutely brilliant I've seen the play St. Pat's shortly before the break and even though it was 1-0, it wasn't a 1-0 game at all, right? He, he dominated every aspect of that game, uh, especially in the midfield, just the, the tempo, the pace, everything ebb and flow through the middle of the, the, the Dundar Park. Um, I think if you're... it's, But that's what it's all about now, isn't it? It's keeping pace with like the Shamrock Rovers. A lot of people have been a bit harsh in Derry City, I think. Uh, even though there's six games now without a win before the break, they'll need to come back and bounce back in straight away, but... If you're looking for Derry City, especially, it's going to be a long-term project, isn't it? And we can see that with the long-term deals, especially uh, with the coaching staff and players that are being handed out. If they don't win the league this year, it'll be a vital experience for them lads to, to you know, the, the the unit of the group and getting used to challenging for titles and balancing the European games now and the cup games. So, yeah, that'd be huge for them going forward. Speaking of Europe, I think that could be a bit of a, of a playing factor of how this, you know, Dundalk, Derry City, the fight for the second position would go because we're going to have Derry, you know, playing midweek games and then weekend games, um, mm. even though it could be for a short amount of time, but it's going to happen uh, for at least a couple of weeks where Dundalk don't have that at all. They're going to be a bit of a fresher squad, fresher unit. So be interesting to see how that plays out as well from a Dundalk side of things. Yeah, um, I think before we look at the rest of the league, let's let's touch on those European ties because some of them are favourable and some of them, well, maybe not so. 
Yeah, Pats, right, let's just get it out there, really appreciate that one. Uh, yeah, look, Shamrock Rovers were drawn to uh, Hibernians FC of Malta in the fourth qualification round for the Champions League. Uh, the fourth leg being the 5th of July in Tallis Stadium, the second leg being the 12th of July um, in Malta. Great Hibernian opportunity, puts... isn't it? You're not saying, you're not, you have to realise that there's good teams out there and just because they're from Malta means nothing, but in the draw, when you looked at the draw, it, it's a great draw for them. It could have been much worse. Uh, really, really cool. Like, uh, Iberian won the, the, the most recent Malta Premier League. That was a total title. Um, now, they did the, I think it was the last year, they reached the third qualification rounds um, in the Conference League. I think it was actually Riga that, that, that knocked them out. So, they got far enough. Fucking boy. They got far <laughs> enough uh, in the Robert Conference League last year. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really do think if you look at the potential that Shamrock Rovers could have got, this is definitely a, a fable enough one for them. And I think you'd fancy them to get through to the next rounds. And I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. If they get through this, they're guaranteed 1.3 million. Yeah, so they have eight, they have uh, 800,000 guaranteed all uh, already, and potential to make more. Uh, we've seen it last year, and this year they're going to have the same advantage of the championship path because mm. they won the league. They get the if if they do get beaten here by uh, Hibernian, they get to drop down to the Europa Conference League. Like last year, they made 1.5 million over both the Champions League and the Europa Conference League. Yeah. Which, I worked around the amount of money to make um, at this level of football. And when you look at what happened with Gavin Bazoon, who going to Southampton and yeah. they're cl- claiming three million off that, this is the sort of thing that's going to develop the Premier uh, League in, in Ireland or the Premier Division in Ireland on a full-time basis. These are the things that have to happen. You have to win your games in Europe. You have to sell those players on and make sure that in a business-like manner that you have the right clauses in when they go across to England, when they go across to Italy, when they go into Belgium or wherever whatever it is. Um, and Shamrock Rovers seem to be doing that nicely. Yeah, like that time has gone, Roy. We were happy for you and lads just going to get trials across mm. the water. We have to be savvy about the business deals to go through. Um, we really do. There can be no more Seamus Coleman's. No, that can't be. That, that, that's an absolute steal looking back now, isn't it? You know, mm. we even seen young lads, like it's, it's England isn't a viable option anymore uh, because of the Brexit team. You know, if young lads want to go, they're going into these, you know, high end, uh, like Cattle uh, Heffernan gone into AC Milan, absolutely brilliant for him. We're seeing lads go to League One clubs, Serie A clubs, but we do, we have to be smart with how we do it and add in the sell on clause. When Matt Dotterty went from Wolves to, uh, to, to Tottenham, how long was he at Wolves? It was about nearly eight years, so was mm-hmm. it? And even at that stage, when he left Bohemians, there was a sell-on clause injected into that. So even though it was really ten years down the line, that bit of extra money filtered back into Bohemians Absolutely, because they were yeah. smart enough to, to add that in. And yeah, we, we just can't be naive with things like that anymore. And we were for the longest time, even in terms of going for grants and, and things like that. We talked about the grants that were at a couple of months ago now. But these are all relatively new things that League of Ireland clubs are acting on and they should have been doing it years in advance. You know, It's mm. not that difficult to deal with, just getting the right people in the clubs to have that bit of sense and have that bit of business savvy about them to be able to point out and say, well, look, we're entitled to this. We can go apply for this grant or you know, this young lad is good enough. Even though you sell him to a championship club, he could go into the Premier League. So let's add in a sell-on clause. It's not just wishing them well and waving them off, like you said, like a shame, shame is karma, which now it's an absolutely... You can imagine what, what what sort of money they could have got for him if you know international appearances yeah. or whatever it may be. 
Yeah, you really do. It's good to see because yeah, it, it it is something that that we're starting to see in the League of Ireland that we're getting a bit more sense and like without going off on a tangent, when James Brown, miss you, James, really miss you here to big kick off, mate. Love you. Um, when he went off to Blackburn Rovers and it was like it was on a trial basis and it was with the under twenty threes, I thought that was absolute nonsense. Mm. But looking at a guy that was for, for anyone that listens to the show even for ten seconds last year. Knowing that we, we thought he was, especially myself, thought he was one of the, the best full-back, probably the best, one of the better player in the league last season. And the fact that Blackburn wouldn't just come in with, with in a, like you were at any other club with, with a beard, it had to be on a trial base, under 23s, it was blatantly disrespectful. Mm. And I, I think it was mental that, that that was even coming to pass at this stage on. But yeah, it's great to see that, that, that these things are starting to come in to, as a regular fixture at the League of Ireland Football. Okay, Europa Conference League draws. Yeah, so Slugger Rovers, the, um, they're barely going to leave Ireland, <laughs> considering for it's a European competition. In, uh, in, in both rounds? In both rounds. John against Bala Town of Wales uh, in the first qualification round. Again, the fourth leg is going to be on the 7th of July uh, in Wales. Actually, before on that one, Roy, did you see there's a bit of controversy surrounding uh, away tickets? Slugger are really fighting. Uh, to get an away allocation for this game, it's it's looking not increasingly unlikely. Why is that? Unlikely. It's, it's, yeah, it, it could be in terms of when he was looking up the grounds for Bala, there was given two different options. One was 20 minutes outside of Bala town itself, the other was in real, uh, the town in Wales. So there seemed to be a bit of a mix up with the stadiums. Both of them are really low capacity as well. So maybe that has, a, has an effect to do with it. But mm. yeah, absolutely shocking. Um, even though you could go over and you know buy tickets to the home end, there should be an away allocation because there's going to be travelling supporters. Um, even though Bali, it's a difficult place to get to, but still in Wales, you know, you can still get the boat over, fly into like Liverpool and walk your way down, whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, there's just when, when I mentioned that there. Uh, anyway, way the second leg is going to be in the 14th of July. That's going to be in the showgrounds, and if they're successful, their future opponent is going to be all the way in Scotland. So yeah. against Motherwell in the in the second qualification round. Uh, yeah, that's it's it's probably four the, away trips in bloody in Ireland, isn't it? That's it. They can get the <laughs> they can get the boat. They don't even have to worry about a plane there. No, but, no. Uh, it's like well the so, waterfront's probably a longer journey. Yeah, and the th- <laughs> the thing is, is that those games are both winnable games. Like yeah. Motherwell yeah. aren't blown the Scottish League away or anything like that. Decent side and, and Ross Tierney's there and you know you've watched them a couple of times and yeah, decent side but you know if, if Sligo are at their best anything can happen and we've seen that from all sorts of European adventures from Irish teams uh, throughout the years so uh, we'd be interested there. Dirty, uh, Dirty Pats uh, and just on the slide before we move on, and they'll want to imp- like really avenge last year. They, they were knocked out in the fourth qualification round yeah. against FH in Iceland. And that seemed like a, a, a winnable tie. It's nearly a, an embarrassment now for Irish teams going out in the first round, isn't it? Because there's a little bit more of an expectation on our teams because of what Dundalk did, of what uh, Shamrock Rovers did. You're kind of looking at these teams and, and and other teams who have got through their first round games. You're nearly expecting them to get through the first round. I think especially in the Europa Conference League as well, Roy, when this was announced, this is something that we even talked about in the show in the past was be a great opportunity. It's even more likely that we'll get uh, one, maybe even two, if it's in the group stages. Yeah. And yeah, I think it is. Um, 
I look at I Sligo have struggled this season in terms of the league. I personally think they are where they are. They're a mid-table side uh, with the squad that they have. Again, ancient history now at this stage. I thought it was mental that they let go of Liam Buckley. Um, but yeah, a really good opportunity for, for Sligo Rovers to uh, advance here and, and actually make some European money this year. I think it's a, t- uh, 250000 if they advance past the fourth qualification round. So it'd be great for them to get that money in. Now, Derry City. It's a bit of a trickier aspect yeah. to look at, isn't it? Getting drawn against uh, Riga FC uh, from Lafayette uh, in, in the first qualification rounds. Yeah, first legs in the 7th of July again. That's in Derry. Second leg, 14th of July. That's going to be in Riga itself. This is a Riga side that got to the... Like Shamrock Rovers last year, they got to the playoffs of the Europa Conference League, uh, but were eventually beaten by Lincoln Red Imps of Gibraltar. So, good uh, European pedigree last year. I think it's going to be a difficult one for Derry. I, th- I think if we're looking at... The first draw, the draws that were made on the Tuesday with the Shamrock Rovers, Sligo, and Derry City, I, I think Derry definitely got the most difficult. Uh, they got draw. the most difficult. But if there's if there's if there's any team, they this Derry City side, if they can catch the form that they did at the start of the season, there's there's no reason why. And if if Rory Higgins puts a plan together, there's no reason why they couldn't turn Riga. Yeah, it, it, it's not a it's not a mountain to climb. It's a tricky. Yeah. It's, it's it's not a, it, again definitely could have been uh, worse I think there was one or two got the top of my head who was in the potential but there was one or two uh, I think there was a Polish team in particular that really want to avoid it disappointed not to get the Crusaders that would have been an interesting toy I think Derry City would have battled Crusaders uh, to yeah. be honest I, I'd fancy most League of Ireland sites against a team up in uh, the Northern Ireland uh, Premier Division so yeah um, difficult toy but no not impossible to do but will be tricky for them Pats are in the second round. Yeah, you wait for making a sweat the most and making it the most awkward, you know? Like, I was saying on the, on the live show that we could potentially could have played Slavia Prague from a football aspect. But stay away from that because you would have got bounced off. Yeah. But if I'm being a bit of a selfish, you know, mid-twenties, I want to go to Prague, me mate. <laughs> uh, but now we still have to wait that little bit extra. Uh, we're going to play the winners of um, FC... This, I knew I'd been struggle with this one. FC uh, Sfintel, Sfintel, is that one? FC Sfintel. Go with that. We'll go Be with confident. that. We'll go, we'll go with Moldova. I wouldn't mind. I was sitting in before we go. I go, Sfintel, Sfintel, Sfintel. Yeah. White lights, they get you. They still get you. Um, or NS Mora uh, of Slovenia. So the winner of that okay. toy, that's the same Pats will play, play uh, 24th of July. Fourth game being Dublin. And then the 28th of July location is obviously uh, to be confirmed. So... You want to avoid Mora, obviously, and that's Mora. They look like that they will come out top if, if you're looking at uh, um, at the bottom of this side, that they come out top in this draw. They got to the group stages last year, famously beat uh, Tottenham Hotspur 2-1 uh, in the group stages last season. I think if Pats are coming against the Moldova sides, you'd be a little more um, enthusiastic with them coming out with, with a result. But, yeah. It, it, it's going to be a tricky one uh, for Pats themselves and Derry City definitely um, have the, the more trickier out, out, out of every League of Ireland team but who knows you never know uh, just a shame that the away insisted on making it the most awkward uh, one week in advance any Pats fan is going to have to, to make the trip to either Moldova or Slovenia but you know, that's just me getting that up just a little rant off my chest there. I just wanted to go away on the piss of my mates that's what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously yeah any Pats fans listening in the club itself it, it advised against making any travel arrangements it would be mental to do it anyway yeah, before things are confirmed so Absolutely. best look at all of them I really do I, it, it's 
why I think English fans get uh, slated for, you know, wanting English teams to do well in, you know, European competitions. I think Irish fans, we have to be looking at, no matter who we support, you know, St. Pat's, obviously, you always want to see Shamrock Rovers getting beaten, but when it comes to European games, you have to be rooting for every League of Ireland club. because it's only sure it gives, all, it gives the league an easier draw then as yep. well than if you get if your team gets in there. So it just makes sense to be yep. to be rooting for your Irish team, no matter how much of a, a local threat they are to you. Yep. Uh, just on the first division, uh, Cork, Galway, there's only a point between them. Waterford on that run now are only six points behind Galway and seven behind Cork. And of course, there's a lot of games still to go. Uh, Longford aren't uh, too far off either. And you could see them hitting a run. It's been an interesting first division. What's yeah. been? What have you made of it? And, and of course, again, I, I must uh, give a tip of the cap to Athlone, who have finally got a few points on the board as well. Uh, and there's one player, and I'm going to find his name, and I forgot his name. Centre forward is it uh, Obasweli or something like that? I'm going to go. I'm watching him a couple of times, and I'm fairly impressed by him. I'll find that oh, out for yeah, you. Yeah, Oliver. He scored a cracking goal against Cole Ramblers, didn't he? Uh, yeah, it, it, there was a game before that I watched him, and he was he was a handful uh, up front, a really really good player, and I'm interested to see how he develops. I can't see him being at at loan next year. I could see him one of the clubs uh, in the Premier Division now taking him on because I think there's something about him. Now, of course, it all comes down to I don't know what his personalities like. You don't know what attitudes are like, but if I'm looking at talent, he looks like he has a little bit of talent. So uh, it's yeah. something that Athlone Town have there. Uh, your first division thoughts. Uh, I don't want to get onto the morning field of Bray Wanderers. We've talked about it enough on the, on the big kickoff uh, football website. If anyone wants to check out both myself and Roy, have had articles up recently about discuss it anyhow. All the goings on of oh, I don't even want to call them supporters, Roy. I really don't want to call them Bray. I don't want to do unjust to Bray, actual Bray Wanderers uh, fans. It's a club that we've never seen any sort of a uh, uh, history of this behavior. Um, and and it was no sure you, you you do know everyone knows about the shocking scenes that, that went on in their recent game in Bishopsgate uh, against Longford Town, verbally verbally uh, abusing and then physically attacking uh, stewards, voluntary stewards at that as well. Right, people that give up their good, their, their honest time to go and help their local clubs. Yeah. People that were at, at the game, you no know, talking about throwing missiles into into the home end where it's bloody young kids, family, even if it's not family, it's just it's people just going out to. To watch a local team play, I should never go, um, go into this. And we've talked about Roy, you've talked about it very well in your article that it's a societal issue as a whole. I talked about it not so well in mine that it's a it's not just a Bray Wanderers issue either, it's a League of Ireland issue. We've seen it a lot since the return of fans, and it's just the insist, and again, not this is just Bray fans, this is the League of the whole, you insist on, on ruining the goodwill uh, that we've seen for the league. Um, since the return of fans uh, post-pandemic, insist on giving the reputation of the clubs or the, the local clubs that they turn up to a, a black eye. And yeah, it can't be tolerated. We have to start seeing clubs pulling together information to hand out not even lengthy lifetime home and away bans. Uh, self-policing within it, within its own respect has to be enforced as well. Not asking, like, no, vigilante groups or anything like that. No, because the problem is, is that these people are vigilante groups. These are little scumbags who have decided they're going to go into a League of Ireland ground and entertain themselves by being destructive. And again, if you're trying to self police there, if if, if anyone's trying to self police, these are the type of scumbags that are going to. uh, 
make you feel the pain for doing that so you do have to be yeah. careful on that uh, yes there's there's thing in numbers but the, the only way they, they see it is uh, if, if they see someone putting their chest out they're delighted that, that's, a, that's a challenge so I think they have to be very careful I do think that the league has to with the guards have to look at these people and really go strong on them you know hammer and tongs but as I said it's a societal issue uh, there's a again I won't I don't back down from it I think there's a, a lot of spoiled brats out there parents who haven't brought up their kids well and if them if them parents who look at their kids at those games think they've done a good job they're wrong they've done a miserable job uh, a pathetic job because uh, these these young fellas are uh, I don't know there's a lot of strong words I can use and I don't really want to use them on the podcast but there's no place for them in football there's no place at all whatsoever yeah, definitely. And even, it seems redundant to even talk about the football side of things now with Bray Wanderers, doesn't it? I understand it. They've been really, really poor. They've been below average. Only had three wins all season. But, you know, the, the behaviour uh, uh, on Longford, and especially, it should have been nipped in the board when, when there was the, uh, the incident between the fans and Pat Devlin. Bloody Pat Devlin, of all people. Mm. But he's, he's a bona fide Bray Wanderers legend, you know? He's such a popular figure as a player and a manager. And to see the disrespect on that night. And again, I get it, lads. I, I, I've been frustrated myself with my team not doing well, but things like that are never called for at all. I am surprised Pat is still in the job after that incident. Uh, again, not being disrespectful uh, to Pat, I thought that was the time to, to nip them incidents in the board for, for Pat himself to move on. I thought we would have seen a change of guard throughout the, uh, the off-season, but Pat seemed to be sticking around. The only two points out the playoffs, so like even though they're, they're sitting in seventh position, that looks grim. There still is a chance, you know, to, to push with the likes of Treaty United and Longford and even Wexford. Mm. They're, they're still they're in sixth position as well, so there's a, still a chance. It's not all doom and gloom in terms of that, but um, again, it feels redundant, doesn't it, to talk about the football aspects of Bray Wanderers, but um, it really needs to see vast improvements at Bray, at every club across the country. We've all been let down. Every club has been let down by a certain section of these fans that, yeah. that insist on coming to the, to the games and causing nothing but mayhem. And, cause, again, and we must point out, Nathan, it's, it's not the, just Bray Wanderers. No, that's what I mean. It is, it, it's not a Bray Wanderers issue. It's, it's a League of Ireland issue as a whole. And this is what's going to be picked up by mainstream media. It's a lot of the mainstream media outlets I'd have an issue with. They feed on the negativity of the League of Ireland. You wouldn't hear a whisper of them talking about the crowd attendance. Right, I don't think the football the standard of football has been that good at all in the league this year. It, 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 we, that's something that you'll never hear me talk about that as a positive. I'll always champion the attendance and the atmosphere and things like that. The football has been pretty below standard for me this season and throughout both divisions. But any time there's an incident like this, it's constantly picked up. I'm not going to name the outlets. We all know who they are. It's constantly ran and it's going to scare people off, scare off future followers that are going to want to come in to the tone styles. It don't have to be young families. It doesn't have to be a couple. It could be any Joe Soap that, you know, looks at a, at a game on RT and thinks, I'm going to give that a try. But then they're looking at these articles and that's going to throw off any sort of progression of getting in future followers, future investment as well, which which is even more important uh, to try and make the league a professional institute, a full-time professional institute, which is has to be the end goal. Absolutely, yeah. Um, th- there's not much more to say about that because um, it's it's something that needs to be dealt with and dealt with quick. So hopefully now over the next couple of weeks we're not going to see any of that. And I did see a thing where Bray put out uh, a statement like every other League of Ireland club has, yeah. has done this year 
but they're banning the, the flares. It, and again, flares aren't the problem. It's the people no. who have them is the problem. And uh, they definitely don't need them down there with the atmosphere that's it, it, within the club. Um, I suppose they can refuse people at, at the gate, but, you know, there's there's plenty more out there. So it's, it's, it's unfortunate at the moment, and let's hope it just calms itself down. Before we move off on that, Royds, there's one thing I would hate to see happen in the league is that we're starting to villainise, you know, passionate and loud fans you know people support yeah. football in their own ways like I, I've talked, been on here and talked about pyrotechnics and stuff like that in the past I don't have an issue with them I can understand what people do it can be quite intimidating and in their wrong hands they can be extremely dangerous but that's the other side of things I'd hate to see you know passionate young young old fans uh, be villainised for being loud and proud about that team but yeah it, they'll never go over that line and if you do go over that line rightfully so you should be villainised and you should be outcasted from, from Irish football as a whole Absolutely. Okay, we'll leave that one there. It, we course we had a, a two weeks there of Republic of Ireland playing Nathan and uh, the Nations League. Uh, Stephen Kenny was under a little bit of pressure after two games. The, the, the next two games against Scotland and Ukraine, he's got. Uh, I suppose he's given himself an opportunity to make sure that they don't get relegated because that could have very well happened yeah. and we don't really want to see that uh, uh, the Republic of Ireland team getting relegated into League C. Uh, how did you assess everything? What did you think of it all and uh, who stood out for you? Yeah, no, so if anyone listening in, we've done a whole live show uh, after after the final game against Ukraine. You can catch that video on the YouTube channel. Uh, we go into a lot more detail. Yeah, it was a, it's a Evan flow about it, wasn't it? I was actually... Coming into the Scotland game, Roy, and I've talked about me, me feelings towards Stephen Kenny. He has to be given the benefit of the, the upcoming Euro uh, Championship campaign. I think he will get that, but I was nervous for him going into the Scotland game. I thought mm. if he got beaten there, especially in another uh, whimper performance, which you've seen against um, Armenia and Ukraine, I really thought the pressure would have mounted on him. I, yeah, I thought a, a rash decision uh, could have been made. Did pick ourselves up against Scotland. They were absolutely excellent. Um, playing with a pub, playing with a high engine and a high tempo, which is great to see. Very, I, I use the word loads of times, satisfying against Ukraine. Such an organised and professional performance. It's a great bit of one-all draw against a really credible uh, Ukraine side. You know, yeah. seen this League of Ireland, uh, Premier League talent uh, in there. So overall, recency bias probably comes into play. You you will be happy with it, you know, with with the win over Scotland and uh, the the, the draw against Ukraine. Nathan Collins, I thought was actually we're going to talk about his goal against his first uh, Ireland goal against Ukraine it was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? It's a staple of what a modern centre back should be doing. Should be comfortable with the ball at their feet, comfortable with running and, and attacking the players. How he was excellent for me, Obafemi uh, again against Scotland in particular. I talk about his goal. Unbelievable long yard yeah. strike, but even his assist for uh, Troy Parrott's header. It's it's long ball, but it's a long ball with a purpose. Because you've seen, I was watching the Scotland game uh, when they played Ukraine in their playoff, um, the, 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 the World Cup playoff game, and Ukraine done that. There was a lot of hot, long balls, but it, it was killing the, the Scottish defence. And I think Ireland acted, acted on that a little bit. Um, yeah, Nathan Collins was probably for me overall. Barry's first 20 minutes against Armenia, he looked, he looked a bit nervy. Um, yeah, he was a standout. Jason Knight, nice and lively, looks really good. There's aspects of that Orden team, Roy. You know, we, we, we don't want to get into too much. We talked about it, but some lads in the midfield, like, like Josh Cullen, been brilliant. We look well-versed. Uh, Centre-halves, a, a lot of talent in that position as well. Uh, it's just finding out the minor details, isn't it? Like, where's like, Ogbeni? Where does he fit into the team? The goalkeeper headache is a good headache to have as well. Um, 
but yeah, happy. I think I was happy coming off the, the, the last two. Uh, again, recency bias those came into that, and the fact that I'm a Stephen Kenny fan comes into that as well. Um, what do you make out of it? You, you in the same uh, position I am? Well, the, what I found was there's a lot of people who uh, still don't want Stephen Kenny in there. You, that that came more vocal after the first two games, uh, and even after the fourth game, it's it's still people are still very vocal that uh, you know jumping on the mistakes that were made. And I do think those mistakes made. I do think I said already. I still I think Jeff Hendricks in there is uh, in the centre midfield role is, is is a mistake. The two sitting in the midfield was a mistake. But you have to give credit to Stephen Kenny. He 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 switch that around for the Scotland game and Knight kind of drift in between he, he'd drop as a tree when we're defending and he'd drift in uh, a floating roll nearly when we attacked and we had two up front and uh, I thought he did really well uh, in that I'm talking about Stephen Kenny I thought he did really well changing that around and, and not panicking uh, about it uh, again there's different elements I, I said I, I love Jason Knight I think he's a great player uh, I think he's going to be a really really top player uh, Premier League player uh, um, I, I can't, just can't see how he couldn't he's got so much he, he's so gifted on it I'm not saying he's like Wes Houlihan but he has traits that Wes Houlihan has and, and that's what you like to see someone who can get on the ball turn in one go run at players uh, little little passes that people don't see I, I just like this, uh, to, to see that type of player great for us um, again Malumbi and Cullen They've just cemented themselves in there in that in that midfield, and the fact that these players are all you know under the age of twenty five that are coming through it bodes well. And when you course have twenty one players who will come through, and and um, you might get one or two out of that over the next three or four years, it just shows that we have something there. And there's a bit of a the cover there now. And you we talked about the the back line in the in the centre back position. We must have five or six really really good players so we're not missing someone and when you look at Shane Duffy Shane Duffy must be worried now because now all of a sudden now he wasn't missed you know we talk God for his defensive uh, aerial ability but the defence held out really well bar the goal against Ukraine it was a, a little bit easy for them we gave it away but it was one opportunity we gave away and I just think now that there's a, a lot more options I, I, I still think Stephen Kenny is the person to do the job I've always thought that so I'm not really nothing's really changed in mind I never thought otherwise I, I still think that the, the team are behind them I think everyone's behind them I think that they it's not about playing decent football it's about doing the right things at the right times and even again that Ukraine game we went a little bit longer rather than looking to force the ball out all the time like we did against Scotland and give them opportunities so we learned from our mistakes a little bit there don't give them opportunities so I was happy with what we learned from the first two games of course Armenia disappointing Uh, again not as if Armenia deserved to win the game or anything like that they just got that goal Uh, Ukraine it's the exact same thing. They just got that goal. There's not, I don't think uh, Ukraine in that game uh, dominated the game. Or that. In fact, we had opportunities which we didn't take. So overall, I look at it and go, there's lots to work with. Stephen Kenny learned a lot from it. And at that, players stepped up. And I think we have to be positive going into September. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think allowing them to have the, the previous World Cup campaign, as disappointing as it was, it was great uh, building blocks and foundations. And I, I think we're slowly starting to see the fruits of a labour of that side of things. I always champion the under-21 lads. I'd like to see them. I, this is the difference with the 21s. So the senior football is a massive step up. Um, 
I'd like to see if some of them get on, especially if they're getting consistency at club level as well. Um, so be interested to see how they come in. And Stephen's shown that he's comfortable with trusting, like you said, like the, the average age of the group is, is quite young. So there'll be no hesitation of, of moving the under 21 lads that are already and good enough into the senior setup. So that excites me going forward as well. Yep, yeah, um, I think we're going to leave that one there because that's for another day. Uh, but yeah, some positive signs, and I'm I'm happy with that. I'm happy with the progression. Um, others won't be so much so, but that's that's the beauty of football, isn't it? Okay, listen, we're going to finish off. Uh, we've got a fan question of the week. We do, yeah. Uh, for us in, a, in about a month, so yeah, it's good to have them back. Good to have the segment back. Uh, and this is in from Kevin Sheridan. Kevin's actually he's the one that supplied of the last one about a month ago on the last podcast we're here so you know great nice to see these teams come together isn't it so here play Kevin uh, keep them uh, keep them coming mate and anyone else has a question get them into us with a big kickoff and find us on social media oh, oh, like we in, you know the speed by now going to listen to the show so Kevin starts off with a little compliment Roy he knows how to get me attention uh, uh, enjoy the show lads been listening for a while now keep it the good work I always found the uh, loving that he's had with James Brown uh, really funny but it's time to move on lads James, James is coming back to the <laughs> James Brown is dead. <laughs> uh, so, pretty much, Kevin, it's time to pick a new League of Ireland official big kickoff League of Ireland flame. As Kevin has put, I, probably, I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have went with that sort of word. Uh, do you know what I've been thinking about this? Uh, thinking about this for the last... Uh, Oh, since we've, since the questions popped up uh, I knew the question was coming up so uh, and you know there will never be another James Brown uh, it's it's hard because uh, what I've I've looked at with James was first of all uh, how well he was playing at the time that caught our eye um, that he was a, a really good defender but he was really good at getting forward as well uh, of course he had the, the name James Brown and uh you know, you can't get a better name, you know, but no, there's no, a lot of no, promising stuff. You battled out to yeah, but with, with him, you knew that he wasn't going to be in the league long and you just knew that there was a bit of quality about him. So, is there anyone... The only player that I can see at the moment who I'm kind of excited to see how he develops is uh, a Bohemian's promise up front. I, I, there is something about him that I'm kind of going right. There's a rawness to him. There's he's got so much power. He's good on the ball. I'm interested to see how he develops over the next year, or even. Um, would I say it's a love in? No, but he he has he has a chance. He, like he could be the new Bond. You know, that's our way. He could step in there instead <laughs> of James. But I just I, I I couldn't I couldn't pick someone. Have you have you thought of it? Have you see, thought of anyone who you've have I thought of it? I've I've thought about this more than actual big important life decisions I've had to make over the past while. <laughs> I've probably broke it down into like wait, so what's the candidate? What like you said, the James Bond? What makes a James Brown? Obviously, a right back. That did not take me long to, to you know come up with that. So right okay. back, what do I like in the league? I like Andy Lyons, you know, five go- like, even right from his defensive side of things, but he's five goals for a really defender. He's more goals than Rory Gaffney and Junior. Like <laughs> lads that have been doing well in the league this season. I couldn't, I could I couldn't wholeheartedly pick a Shamrock Rovers player from my end. Um then I went with Ronan Boyce of Derry City. I've been such a fan of Ronan since he got into that first team. You talk about all the new recruits of Derry City. Yeah. Lads like Ronan and Jamie McGonagall are as important to Derry City's success and are going to be as, as important 
But then I say, you know what? We stick with a defender and we stick with a draw of the player. So I came up with my choice. And uh, so my choice was Sean Rowan. I championed Sean Rowan for since he signed, since he came to draw it. Do you know what happened today, Roy? Yeah, he moved. I heard. He went, he went back. He, he was on loan from Lincoln. He went back to the yeah, club. Yeah, so I believe. I said that there oh, today. It. Yeah. So in the absolute walk. So I didn't want to pick Sean because I knew this would have happened. I would have had to change my choice all over again. And yeah, got it. Absolutely got it, Sean. You let me down with me going back to Lincoln to play, you know, the League One football. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. are, so are we saying then that there's a vacancy there and, and we want players to step it up and, and yeah. who's going to take James Brown's uh, title, I suppose? Yeah, anyone interested uh, can send your CV uh, along with uh, a letter of application to the big Can step up your game. That's what they can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sure and, and yeah. a name change as well. That's what we want. Yeah, it's a, you need to get a catchy name. So yeah, Promise is up there. Promise has a chance. It's a cracking name. If an Elba Presley or something signs in the off-season, you're golden, mate. You're, you already have the back in the bus. Uh, but we've been keeping an eye on James. I've seen that he was training with uh, training one-to-one up in Selbridge. He was doing his pre- Actually, I think it was up in Kilcock. He was doing his pre, he's doing his off season training, um, as they all do now because they can't afford not to be training even in their their time off. So, uh, he's been doing a lot of work here in Ireland and uh, he's looking solid. You know, he looks he looks solid just from the pictures that I've seen and, and a couple of little clips that I've seen. He looks solid and I'm uh, really hoping that he makes a breakthrough there at um, at Blackburn. They got a new manager, didn't they? Uh, who was the manager? Can't oh, think. Was the, was the manager there, wasn't he? Yeah, when no, they, they have a new manager come in there this week. And I can't for the life of me think who it is. Anyhow, so it'll be interesting to see. That could be the making of him, you know. New manager comes yeah, in, that could yeah. be the and making we, of him. We've we seen on the final day of the championship, he, he started and played a full 90 minutes. Um, I was still holding out at that stage that, you know, he's only playing under 23s football. He might get a long move back to Pats. But, <laughs> you know, I, have to, I have to let it go. I, I honestly, yeah, need to let it go. I've struggled to get all my exes more than bloody James Brown when leaving the League of Ireland. Okay, we're going to try and finish because we're at, yeah, yeah, we've, we're getting close to the hour mark and we try to keep these down. So uh, we're going to leave it there. Uh, thanks very much, Nathan, for uh, joining us back and you're back off your holidays and we've got a long way now till November. Uh, thanks very much for everyone who's watched on YouTube. We're delighted to have you on there. And again, uh, subscribe and anyone you know who's into League of Ireland and loves their uh, their their football get them here get them on and get them to subscribe it means nothing absolutely nothing to you to make one click to subscribe but it means the world to us uh, every click matters for us and of course if you're listening to the podcast uh, follow us on the podcast of course but do go on to YouTube and subscribe it really will help us out and leave comments there and we always reply to the comments we want to hear your thoughts on uh, and of course you can leave your questions there uh, for uh, it's a fan question but it's a really you're a League of Ireland fan so it's a League of Ireland fan question of the week so don't forget to leave them there okay we'll talk to you next week